When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to C103's Cork Today podcast. Phone and text lines are currently closed. As we welcome you along to the programme, one of the newspapers, I think, captures it perfectly uh, with just the simple wording uh, with a photograph of buses and cars on fire in Dublin saying hate on the streets and Dublin city centre we're told is calm again after rioting on the streets last night. The Gardaí uh, branded the violence as gratuitous thuggery after public transport was attacked, Gardaí vehicles were damaged and some businesses were looted and of course those violent scenes uh, yesterday evening and last night followed a stabbing incidents outside a school on Parnell Square yesterday afternoon. Elizabeth Hurst is our Dublin reporter and Elizabeth Jones joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Elizabeth. Good morning, Patricia. And you're welcome to the programme. I suppose, can we start first with, is there any update on how the children and the creche worker who today has been very much branded a hero for protecting those little ones yesterday, how are they all doing this morning? So Commissioner Drew Harris gave a brief update this morning outside Garda HQ. He he said that the five-year-old girl is still in critical condition, while the 30-year-old woman, as you mentioned, who has been hailed a hero, um, is still in a serious condition in hospital. So no further updates on their conditions as of yet. Now, uh, late last night, a six-year-old boy was discharged from hospital, and I believe another five-year-old girl is still in hospital, but with more minor injuries. Dreadful worry for, for, for their families, and particularly that little girl is in a critical condition. So we're, we're thinking of all of them uh, today. And the suspect, because we know the Gardaí are not looking for anybody else, uh, the suspect uh, is in hospital and also obviously in Garda custody. Yes, indeed. So Gardaí have said that they are following a definitive line of inquiry and that uh, a man in his 40s is currently in hospital um, and he, with, with injuries and they intend to, uh, to question him. Okay, can you outline, uh, Elizabeth, how the violent scenes unfolded last night and and how quickly did it all unfold? Certainly. So I was actually at the scene yesterday afternoon, um, shortly after the news broke around half to three o'clock and stayed there for a while. I noticed myself there was a lot of tensions boiling over and just a lot of anger and obviously palpable anger. It was a horrific incident. but I believe that gangs of people then continued to try and to break through to the cordon. And um, now I'm told between 100 and 200 people were present last night. I believe shortly before six or seven o'clock, um, they started to fire fireworks at Gardaí and they were hurling abuse at Gardaí. Um, and, you know, they did break through the, the cordon at one point before being pushed back. Um, now, violence then ensued on O'Connell Street, which is the main thoroughfare in Dublin. 
we had uh, three buses burnt out, um, a Lewis burnt out. Um, I saw them this morning just in, in centres really. Um, I think it was 11 Garda vehicles destroyed as well um, and then 13 shops being looted and, and damaged as well. So really a horrific, horrific night for Dublin. Um, on the international and, stage and of well. course public transport very much got affected uh, last night and I'm assuming still affected this morning yes indeed so Dublin bus is operating and um, they were operating with diversions this morning around the Parnell and O'Connell Street area now Lewis is is, is quite badly affected because of a damage to overhead wires um, I believe that the green line is, is only operating between two certain points and similarly with the red line there's no um service between smithfield and the, the the three arena or the point um which is a very busy line as well so there's, there's a lot of people who have been affected by this and by the actions of people last night yeah and of course the the Anne marie concert was on wasn't it in the in the three arena last night yes indeed so there was notably a huge amount of parents who were so worried about their children because she would have a, a quite a big following but they would quite be quite young maybe mm. in teens um and obviously then there was no lewis running so i know that the um three arena did stay open um late uh to facilitate you know people being dropped or collected and um, guardy advised parents to uh, go through the port tunnel and um, but i have received reports that l- numbers of teens were, were walking across across the East Link Bridge by themselves and obviously that's very distressing as well not knowing what's after happening in town not being allowed or told that they couldn't go near um, the city centre obviously a lot of distress for parents then too trying to pick up their young- youngsters Yeah we're going to be speaking with somebody in, in, in a moment somebody from Cork who was actually at that ca- uh, concert uh, uh, last night so with the Gardaí when it all kicked off yesterday Elizabeth were the Gardaí very quick to respond to it? The initial incident on Parnell Street, I think they were there within three minutes. So, you know, the emergency services are to be applauded for how quick they managed to get to the scene of the stabbing um, when that all happened. Um, I do think they might have been taken by surprise by the amount of, of protesters or, you know, later in the night. They did deploy 400 Gardaí um, then across the city um, and, and those in riot gear as well. We've seen shocking videos on, on social media too. Now, Drew Harris told me this morning that there will be a significant Garda presence um, around Dublin today. He's trying to relieve people's concerns that there could be a second day of, of issues. But he, he, he says that, you know, police will be on hand. They are kind of beefing up their numbers on patrol to um, to deter anyone who thinks that they might try to get away with the chaos that they did last night. And 34 arrests we're hearing this morning? Yes, 34 arrested this morning. Um, 32 of those will be appearing before the Criminal Courts of Justice in the next few moments. And then obviously after that, um, the two further will, will, will appear at, an, at a later date. OK, listen, uh, Elizabeth, we'll leave it there. Thank you for that and thanks for joining us on the programme Thank this you. morning. Uh, good morning to you. That is Elizabeth Hurst, our uh, Dublin uh, reporter. Kate in uh, Watergrass Hill says it was just awful uh, to watch buses on fire and guard the cars on uh, fire. I know people are angry, but there's no point in turning on our own. Uh, what are we coming to? Uh, yeah, and like when people started out, 
out protesting and it became very quickly an anti-immigrant uh, protest. But where does an anti-immigrant protest suddenly turn into rioting and looting of shops? And I saw video footage of any any member of Guards Corner that was isolated on their own, you know, away from, say, the 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 um, away from other members of Guards Corner. They were getting hammered. I saw one guard and he was getting the head pucked off him and you know a group an angry mob defending on him now luckily he did manage uh, to get away I mean that is nothing uh, to do with what happened yesterday with that incident with those children it is just truly shocking now I mentioned the Amory concert which was on in the three arena uh, last night Liam uh, was at that concert last night I believe he went with his mum Uh, good morning to you Liam Morning. Um, you now it, it, you travelled up to Dublin obviously yesterday. What time was the concert you on it? So originally, like with the support acts, I think it was about quarter past six, quarter past. Well, gates were at half six. I think it was so about seven o'clock. The first act. So what? So what time did you get you and your mum get to Dublin at? Well, it was actually a funny story in one way. Like we had you know, the travel master bus. Yeah. That does. We actually had that booked, but then it turned out I had a presentation in college, so we couldn't get the bus up. So we ended up getting the four o'clock train up to Dublin. So literally arrived in Dublin for bang on seven o'clock. And So that was into Houston? Into Houston, yeah. Now talk to me about making your way from Houston to the Three Arena because at this stage crowds are starting to gather. Like at Houston it was just a normal night. Like I, I saw on social media on the way up what was after happening. But we got to Houston and we were like Jesus, it's not that bad at all. Just a normal night in at Houston. And actually, funny enough, I went to my mum, I was like, look, well, just to be on the safe side, will we get the, um, will we get a taxi straight to the tree arena just in case we're affected? And she goes, no, sure, we'll be grand. The Lewis will bring us straight there. It won't be, we won't go near it. So we got on the Lewis and it literally only went two stops to the Smithfield mm-hmm. stop. And then the conductor came over the tannoy saying, due to public order offences and rioting that is going on in the city, everyone had to get off at Smithfield. And we had, so we had to walk from Smithfield all the way to the Tree Arena. And did that take you through the areas where the rioting was going on? Well, like, myself, I don't know Dublin well. Okay. And especially, like, the most I know is from maybe O'Connell Street onwards. But we got, so we got off and like all we said to each other, we were like, what are we going to do? Because we're not going to get a taxi now. So we literally just followed the tracks. That was all we could do. And it wasn't that bad for maybe the first two or three streets. But then as we got closer, I think by the Academy Theatre, the Academy concert venue, mm-hmm. we saw, I, I, I tell you, I can't even count how many people we saw coming towards us with, I say, at least six to seven boxes of Nike shoes each. There was a woman came towards us with a buggy full of shoes and a bin bag of clothes on top of it and shouting at everyone, everyone get up to O'Connell Street, windows are smashed, get what you want, it's all free. We, we passed another family then. I say the two parents and about six kids, three bin bags between the lot of them of clothes and about six boxes each. And then we got to O'Connell Street and I just looked right and I saw the bus up and slid. Lily burnt to a crisp at that point. It was very, very well burnt at that time. But, yeah. That's, that's, that's a frightening thing 
to witness, Liam. I, I mean, I it take was, it you've never seen anything like that before in your life. Never. Like, I've seen, obviously, on news about all this happening about the war zones and everything. I honestly felt like it was a war zone. Yeah. And, like, I know people are saying it was a protest. I can tell you, from what I saw last night, not one bit of anything that I saw going on was a protest. There wasn't one thing mentioned about the kids who were affected yesterday. It was all rioting and looting. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, 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 a thuggery, as uh, the Garda Commissioner mm. put it. So you, you got to the three arena, and then obviously you should go in and try and enjoy the concert. Yeah. And, yeah, and what like, was the mood inside in the concert like? Well, actually, be- before we even got to the concert, then we were even more scared, because just on Abbey Street, we were walking, and all of a sudden we heard a bang. I'm presuming it was probably a petrol tank. And also, then we just heard shouting, get off the road. And we were stupid, turned around and looked, and we saw, I say, a mob of about 200 people running towards us from O'Connell Street down Abbey Street. So we just literally ran to the nearest side street by the Abbey Theatre and just clung to the wall for our own safety. We didn't know what was going to happen. And obviously that was the crowd, the guard, were trying to move on, the crowd. Yeah, miss, and yeah, that's, when it, that's when it really hit us down. Oh, and I know, I know. Um, in fairness, Anne Marie, they delayed the concert just to make sure that everybody uh, would get in. And then obviously, uh, yeah, it was, I have to it was, say, yeah, I couldn't say a nicer word about Anne Marie after last night. Okay. Like, so talk to me then about after the concert. Obviously, then you've got this at the back of your mind. We've got to get back home. You were trying to get back to the bus to take you back to Cork. Was that your plan? Yeah. So we had, as I said, we had the travel master bus booked, but sure, because we didn't come up on it, we didn't know where it was parked. We knew a rough area where they told us it was going to be. So they told us by the green room bar, which is the back of the Gibson. We went up there, couldn't find the bus at all. We were So that even put more panic into us. And then we saw another bus driver. So I just asked them where it was. And thankfully it was around the corner on the, the road leading to the port tunnel. And it, I never got onto a bus so fast in my life. I know. I know, it it's just... And like, and you and you obviously at that stage were witnessing a lot of burnt out buses and cars and shops that yeah. had been looted. Like, on O'Connell Street, you know, just on the junction of Abbey Street and O'Connell Street, there's the Asics shop. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So we got there and I say, like, uh, I got photos of one or two people coming out of it. I don't know, if, <laughs> I don't know how I got away with it, but um, I say, I witnessed about... 10 to 20 going in and out of that shop in the space of two minutes. And you'd feel for the shop owners, you know, it's, it's coming into their the busiest time of their their year and they're in there now this morning uh, trying to clean up and trying to assess how much of their items were stolen. I, Would it put you off going to Dublin again, Liam? Definitely. Like it, I, uh, I hated saying it, but yesterday I actually felt ashamed to be Irish over the whole situation. And I even, talking about the fear we had, like, I haven't, I say, I haven't held my mum's hand since I was maybe seven or eight. I know. But by God, we literally... Clung on to each other. Yeah, and you're obviously... terrified. Yeah, you're obviously conscious of your mum and trying to keep your mum safe as well. Yeah, Yeah. because like, she she even said to me, she knew, like, I was trying my hardest to be brave. Yeah. But the second we got to the tree arena, I just broke down. Because I, like, I knew we were safe then, but it just all hit me. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Like, I even have tickets for the Katie Taylor fight tomorrow. And I'm even in two minds, will I go up? I don't know if I want to actually go up anymore. And that's and on, in, that's on in Dublin. Yeah, I forgot that's the on in Dublin. Yeah, well. It's on the three arenas. Uh. All right. Uh, and was the Amory concert good at the end of all of that? Good concert? 
don't worry, it was a great concert. Great. Great. But it was hard to enjoy it at the same time. I know, time. So I know. That I, was in the back of your mind. I can appreciate that. Listen, Liam, thank you for sharing your story. Good to know you and your mum are, are safe. Look after yourself. Thanks, uh, thank you for that. 0818-103-103. Tim and Mallow, we've seen these protests and riots in France and in London. Never expected them to happen here in our own capital city. Alison and Clan says it's time for our Gardaí to be able to defend themselves. Let them be allowed to hit back. Use more force. Those that rise it cannot and should not be allowed uh, to come back back a few days later and then start claiming assault on the Gardaí and that's yeah uh, enough is uh, enough. Catherine Deman, we watched the scenes last night, reminded me of the Troubles Yeah, years ago in Northern Ireland and the younger generation would not have any memories of that, uh, Catherine. And um, Pat in from Oise says, Patricia, yesterday should have been called Black Thursday. We had the awful stabbing uh, and then all of those who intervened. And then we had the social media element where it all started telling people to go to Dublin city centre. And then you have the mob of hooligans who follow up and start to riot and rob the shops. This could happen anywhere in this uh, country. And Deirdre hopes that the Gardaí are going to be on high alert over this weekend. And seemingly they are. And even today, the Garda Commissioner said there are extra Garda uh, out and about on the streets. 0818103103. John Paul's taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp to 0862103103. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. Some commentary uh, coming in on the situation in Dublin, and I promise I will get around to as many of them as I can. Now, a lot of people, including Cathy, is saying, why was the army not called in? The army should have been called in last night. They would have backed up and given uh, extra protection to the members of Angarda Shia Corner when we saw what was unfolding on the streets of Dublin last night. And of course, it was all over social media, so we all got to uh, see it. Uh, Cathy reckoned that the army should have moved in immediately. Humphrey is in uh, Clonakilty. Uh, good morning, Humphrey. Good morning, Patricia. You're, you're saying the guy, the commissioner and the justice minister have had, they have a lot of questions to answer. And the Department of Justice. They've, they've dismantled on Garda Shikana. They've, we have less, there's at least 2,000 members under the, the, the minimum requirement. They have undermined the ability of the guards to recruit decent people to join it. They made the, the new incoming members, they're like yellow packers. And it's a disgrace. Look, Patricia, with rank and privilege comes responsibility. We're paying these people an awful lot of money to run the guards, to secure the state, and they have questions to answer. And at the very least, the public deserve is an apology from these people for their mismanagement of it. But we have a situation where Ungarda Shikana members have voted no confidence in the commissioner. Yet those men and women went out and faced those thugs. They did their job. They are doing their job every day. And it's a disgrace how they are being undermined. And this, the whole, the whole organisation is being undermined to the extent where people can't wait to leave the job. And well, we're of- seeing that. We're seeing people resign 
from the force. We know from the rank and file Gardaí that morale is at an all-time low. And when I watched some of the video footage last night, live video footage uh, last night, uh, Humphrey, I sort of thought to myself, who would want to be a member of Rangarda Siakona? Who would put themselves in that position to go out and have hate directed at you from a very angry group of uh, people? And little, you know, they, they, they seem to have little or no defence Little or no defence. Look, the, the, the rules of engagement for the guards are very strict. And maybe in a situation where you have a riot situation like that, I don't know what the exact rules are, but like they're, they're, they're very much restricted in how they can uh, deal with uh, battens and all this. Yeah, like, yeah. Those, those, those men and women were in a situation of one of them was put to the ground who knows what could have happened? Yeah, I, I mean, I saw. Yeah, I saw one guard that had been really picked on. Or luckily, he yeah. got away and and, yeah. and he managed to to and, run. Was all he could do. And like I heard Helen McEntee this morning, our minister for justice. And look, before anybody says it, I'm a member of Fine Gael, but like she said, they've increased the uh, twelve years mandatory uh, for attacking a guard and all this. I haven't seen anybody go to jail uh, for attacking a guard. I haven't seen this in the papers. And it's happening all the time. Gardaí are assaulted at work, and it's a disgrace. Ambulance drivers are assaulted. Look, they attacked a fire brigade. In the name of good God, look, these people are lawless. It has nothing to do with immigration. These people are just thugs. Mm. And they just spotted a situation where there was less guards on the street than there was lunatics on the street. But yet, they did their job. So the people on the ground are doing the best they can but the officer corps and the commissioner have a lot to answer for here. Would you agree with the people who say that the army should have been called in last night? No. Why? Because by the time, look, you can't, like there's not 500 men sitting around in, in beds waiting to be called in. Uh, in an army situation, you have uh, maybe 20 men uh, that would be in stand to or in, in, the, in the command. So, like, look, by the time you get them organised, it could take five or ten hours. So, like, look, that's just a knee-jerk reaction. So yeah. we call it the army. Most of the army guys go home at night. Like, so, yeah, like, it, it, that isn't the simple solution it, that people think it is. It's not a simple solution. Okay. And look, all right, okay. you have young recruits that would be in barracks, all right. Maybe there'd be a few men in barracks. But, like, there's not 500 men lying inside beds waiting to be called at night. Maybe there is, but I don't think there is. Because we've also undermined uh, the army. Look, law and order costs money. Mm. It costs money. We have a drug epidemic. We have a now a, a law and order epidemic. And there's only one way to deal with it. It's boots on the ground. And we haven't got those boots on the ground. So successive governments, successive ministers, and successive commissioners have not put forward the case for more money, for more resources, for more men in the ground. Because we're very lucky here in West Cork where we have a relatively quiet place to live in but the, the ordinary decent people living in Dublin are absolutely terrorised like the shops in, in Dublin now are destroyed they're, yeah, they're, in, they're, the, they're in the run up to, oh, yeah, and, and what would be a very busy day uh, for and, them and, and the only creatures that will come in there will be the rubberneckers to have a look around the place ordinary yeah. people just don't want to be involved in I, know, I know I know it's, it I know it is just, truly shameful I'm just so angry that on the main thoroughfare of our country, where there was men and women died for freedom. Those horrible creatures were robbing televisions, tracksuits and, and sneakers.
Jesus, is this what we've come to in a hundred years? We've come to this? Oh, good. I'm absolutely furious yeah. that Ungarda Shikana, an unarmed Garda force, was asked to go out and face those with minimum resources. I tell you, the men and those men and women are extraordinary people in difficult circumstances. But there's questions to be answered. Okay. All right. Listen, we leave it there, Humphrey. Thank you for right, that. Bye-bye. And uh, thanks for uh, joining me. Let me go to uh, Senator Tim Lumbert, who, who actually was uh, due to join us this morning. We'll be talking about a separate issue, but just I just want to stay on, on the theme of, of the riots. Um, good morning to you, Tim. Tim on four. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Uh, yeah. You, you, now you were. I'm, I'm t- John Paul is telling me you managed to get out of Dublin. You returned to Cork, luckily. So did you miss all the riots yesterday? Yeah. So I left Dublin around maybe quarter past twelve yesterday. We were coming down, and then I heard of the incident, a very unfortunate incident where there was a major alert and stabbing incident involving up to three uh, teenage or the teenage children, yeah. yeah, and chaotic stuff that actually happened. And I think we had an unbelievable incident afterwards where the the actual Dublin City Centre became a riot zone. And I think yeah. that was really unfortunate. I spoke to an awful my colleagues and friends up there, actually some from Escort, some from Kilty who were actually staying up there and um like they literally were fearful. They went home early, they actually literally went to their accommodation because of the actual feeling around the city was really, really angry yesterday. Um, like we're lucky to be living where we are, you know, in so many ways. Because well, it isn't. I mean, it isn't a great image for our our capital city. Watching what was up on the internet, which was being beamed, let's be honest, all over the world uh, last night. And you know, I was thinking, anybody who's planning a trip to Dublin, I certainly said last night, if I had a trip to Dublin this weekend, I'd have to seriously stop and think about going. Oh, absolutely! Like it, like the chaos that was up there, and like I just think we need to play common cigars. Look, they really did what they had to do regarding a really, really tough environment. And like these tugs that were out there had video cameras. They were actually watching the guards step over like which they didn't. The guards managed the actual chaos as best they actually could. I know there was um, potentially police coming in and guards from other districts to help. But like nobody, nobody could foresee that after a real tragic stabbing that you'd have this kind of backlash from a really unfortunate cohort of people in society. And that's really what happened here. They took advantage of a scenario and they actually went out to create chaos. And that chaos was burning buses, burning guard cars, you know, Lewis's, the whole lot. And the social media experience here was just unbelievable. We were literally watching it live. Yeah. And, and I was at a meeting last night in the AGM where we had a father of a guard from Warford, like, and you could feel there, you know, he was worried about his son, whether or not he was going to be called up or not, and I'm not sure where he was or, or wasn't. But, like, every member of the guard should kind of have to be acknowledged for the hard work. And, look, we are struggling, but we are get, getting there regarding the numbers of the guard should kind of. Um, Templemore has been reopened twice in the last uh, 10 years. We have now are reaching nearly 1,000 going through Templemore every year. Obviously, we have declining numbers from people retiring at the other side of the house. But as you rightly said a while ago, it's a really tough job. Yeah. Um, would you want your son and daughter no, out there no, no, night? Absolutely, um, absolutely would not. And, and I felt for anyone who had a son or a daughter or a husband or a wife who was stationed in Dublin watching that. I mean, it was just, uh, you know, it's shocking. It just really is shocking for something 
that started out as, as you say, a very tragic incident of children being uh, being stabbed and how that goes from that to people who pretend initially to be defending Irish citizens. It ends up our city being burned, our businesses uh, attacked and members of Angarda Siakona assaulted. It's it's truly shocking. It is truly, truly shocking. Anyway, listen, we won't sort it all out here, Tim, and I do want to talk to you about the issue that we invited you onto the programme today. And this is to do with the news that broke that the nursing home group, the APRI Living, is to be taken over by a group of investors. Now, we know there's been months of turmoil, which has seen the nursing home registration of three of their facilities cancelled. That includes one of our own here in Cork in Belgooli. Uh, so it's the Belgooli nursing home I think is the one that people are most keenly uh, interested in. Do you know Tim at this stage will the Belgooli nursing home will it open now? Is that part of the new owner's plans? I'm not aware of what the new owner's plans are regarding the actual nursing home in Belgooli. The nursing home issue in Belgooli has probably several issues attached to it. One is the registration has gone from the actual premises itself. So they have to go through a HICWA um, registration to make sure they're up to standard. We know that HICWA did a report, literally, um, it was done maybe 18 months ago, that points out 14 in particular fire regulation issues that were really significant. There were red flag issues that weren't dealt with. There was other issues within the report regarding management and financial affairs that weren't dealt with as well. So I assume that if they're going to look at reopening the home, they're going to, number one, look at the structural issues that need to be dealt with, number two, look at the management issues, and number three, to make sure that the actual company is actually properly financed, to make sure that they can actually run the actual nursing home like it should. Like the big issue we had in the actual nursing home setting in Belgooli was, unfortunately, that the patients were treated appallingly by the actual previous management. They literally didn't communicate the issues. They didn't take care of the actual home regarding the fire issues that were there in particular. And 68 patients effectively lost their home. They actually had to relocate to other locations. And I do think... That and do, do we know, did all of the 58 residents, did they all manage to find nursing homes as local as possible? The majority did. Um, I, I think, yeah, I think the patients and the families that I were de- dealing with were all supposed to be accommodated at the very end, I think. You know, it took a very, very st- stressful four-week p- uh, period. The families were fantastic. They were brave. They were wonderful. They actually battled for their loved ones like nobody you'd ever imagine. Mm. And what they actually delivered was really, at the end of the day, a good home for their actual loved ones that need that help. Um, but, like, it really was stressful. It was probably the most intense, stressful situation you'd ever be in. Like when we were going through it, you were going from 68 down to 40, then you went down to 13, then down to 9. Like it was amazing to see, in particular, how the staff dealt with it. I think the staff needs to be acknowledged for what they did. And where so, are the staff? Did they all manage the, to find new jobs? The majority have been, yeah. The, okay. majority, the majority. And that's probably where this real issue about reopening our home is going to go. How can they now give the confidence to a new staff to come on board? Whether management or people on the ground to make sure that this complex can be run confidently, and that'll be a big issue for the actual new owners of the actual premise. But there yeah, is so no they're going to have to do physical work on yeah. the nursing home to bring it up to HICWA standards. Then they're going to have to recruit new staff, and then they're going to have a job of work to encourage family members to place their loved ones there. Absolutely. And that's a massive issue because the family member issue is going to take a period of time. Because, like, talking to the families that I dealt with, they wouldn't go near the nursing home ever again. They really 
they were really badly burnt. They did they were treated appallingly by the management of the actual previous ownership that they had no communication. Yeah, but is is that fair? On you know, there's a, there's new investors now. There'll be hopefully a new management structure uh, put in place. This could turn out to be the best nursing home ever. It could, and I think for that to happen, the structure work needs to start, and they need to start building confidence. And I think that's going to be the big issue. The confidence needs to be. Um, built in the actual system itself. But it's very, very important we get the nursing home up and running. There is 10 nursing homes involved here. Three of them lost their registration. I assume that the new uh, conglomerate that I've taken in charge will be working to make sure the registration will come back in those three. I've actually written to the new owner of the operation to make sure we can meet them because I do think the community will need to know what the long-term plan is for the nursing homes as well just so they get clarity on, on what's happening here. But like... What we really ha- happened here was appalling. Like I think the patients, the families were treated terribly, and unfortunately, the staff at the very end of the day, they were waiting for letters regarding the redundancy till the last hour, and I mean literally the last hour in the majority of cases. So um, it really was a very sad situation. How the nursing home sector was actually, and right. it was it was so difficult. It was so difficult on so many people, but it, the the residents in particular, because this had been their home. Completely, you know, and that's and, the terminology. And, like, and we need, like, we need so many more good nursing homes. We have an ageing population. The majority of us will say we don't want to end up in a nursing home, but there will always be need for nursing homes, good, high-quality nursing homes. And that's okay. Yep. All right, listen, I've got it. And just very quickly before I, l- I let you go, uh, I spoke earlier in the week with um, the um, Fianna Gael MEP, uh, Deirdre Clune. Uh, she's this week explaining her decision that she's not going to seek re-election for the European Parliament uh, next year. I saw your name as a possible can- candidate. Can you confirm or deny that you're thinking about it? Um, look, all I say is, look, there's been, I've spoken to people, not many, no, about this issue. It wouldn't be my first choice at the moment in time. I think my view here is that Corksa West is where I really, you know, ploughed for the last maybe four or five years in particular. That's my real focus here to make sure that I win the seat back in Corksa West. Um, I think there's probably suitable candidates who come, will emerge for the Cork area. I do think it's very important that Fianna Gael as a party will have a candidate in Cork, like 40% of the vote for Cork, 12 counties in the in the South Ireland constituency, so it's a real powerhouse to make sure that 600,000 people have representation. From my point of view, I'm really focusing on Cork South West, trying to win back that doll seat. I'm somewhat flattered to think that the media would have um, picked up my name and ran it the way they did, but to be quite honest, that's my focus at the moment. Okay, and I know Michael Creed has been mentioned. Do you think he'd be a good choice? I think if uh, Deputy Creed was to run, he'd be a fantastic choice for mm-hmm. her. Uh, councillor, Lord Mayor, Minister, has great experience, has been in the Dawes since the 80s, has been a councillor for a long, long time, has really good knowledge of the entire political game and knows how policy works as well. And he's already declared that he's he's stepping down from national yes. politics. It would be okay. very natural. We might yeah. put the feelers out to him instead. Listen, uh, Tim, pleasure as always to talk to you. Thank you for that and thanks for Got joining them. us. Good morning Thank to you. you. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Can I send congratulations to our first winner today on our Everyman Free Panto Friday. It's that time of year again. Oh, yes, it is. Rachel Whitty in Donnerell. Congratulations to you, uh, Rachel. You have won yourself a family pass 
to go to the Everyman on Wednesday the 13th of December. Plus we want you to get up there early because there's a VIP reception from 6pm and we're all day today on our free Panto Friday. We're inviting you to join the Panto Gang at the Everyman for glamour and gags, song and dance, music and mayhem. It's Cork's traditional Panto and this year it's a wonderful Beauty and the Beast and it's running until January the 14th. You can see more information on everymancork.com but every hour today we have one of these family passes to give away. A family pass by the way is for up to four people to go and see Beauty and the Beast on the 13th of December but as I say there is a VIP reception to kick it all off from 6pm. So well done Rachel Whitty in Donnerail, our first winner today. Uh, we'll do it all again this hour and all again the next hour and then I'll pass the baton over to Nick and he'll have more tickets to give away this afternoon. 0818 103 103. This is a particularly nasty problem that Dennis in Newmarket is uh, facing. He says he describes it as a tiny driveway off the footpath into his house. And he says at the weekends after the pubs close, people are using his driveway as a toilet and they're peeing, for example, up against the wall of his house. He says he even comes out some mornings and it isn't just people getting short taken and having a quick pee. He said people are defecating. People are pooing outside Dennis and Newmarket's house. Now, he feels that the problem is that it's really been exacerbated because the public toilets were taken out of Newmarket a number of uh, months ago. And uh, Dennis is on to us to say, please, could you find out from the council are they planning on returning those toilets and will they bring them back soon? Because Dennis has a bit of a uh, problem in his house. God, what a disgusting thing to have to go out and clean up. And, and I'm assuming it's only happening at the weekends when the pubs are a little bit more busy. We have contacted the council regarding the public toilets in Newmarket and hopefully we'll have some kind of an answer for Dennis. I don't know if others have that problem as well, that they live in an area where there just happen to be a lot of people passing and because there's no public toilets in the area, people decide to use the driveway of Dennis's house. Truly, truly shocking. 0818 103 103. Now, can I go to uh, the huge amount of commentary that is still coming into us on what happened last night. And as I say, I think it was the examiner. No, sorry, it's the Irish Independent. Uh, Just hate on the streets. It's just in a picture of beautiful Dublin city with a bus on fire, a car on fire, and you can see gangs of angry Youths, they do look like they look like young men in the main was what I certainly witnessed on social media uh, last night who were just fueled up full of anger and full of just wanting to cause as much mayhem as they possibly could. Let me give you some of the uh, some of your thoughts that are coming into us uh, this morning. Firstly, someone who starts the text, James, starts the text by saying absolutely awful what happened in Dublin. But James says we need a big pro protest to get all those non-national, undocumented men out of Ireland. Now, James says, we saw what happened yesterday, an Algerian man. We saw what happened with Ashleen Murphy. The government needs to step up and protect our small island before it gets worse. A guest house in Killarney, over 70 undocumented men in recently and out 
talks of the big old convent I'm assuming this is in Killarney is going to be used for lots more it's a joke says uh, James Okay, can I firstly just say the the man you're talking about I have heard that he was possibly from uh, Algeria that is the the, uh, but I've no confirmation of that what I do know is that the suspect in the case who stabbed those little children yesterday and that very brave creche worker who stepped in to try to protect as many of the children as uh, she could uh, he is it has been confirmed he is an Irish citizen, He, but he wasn't born in Ireland. He came to Ireland about 20 years ago, but he is uh, an Irish uh, citizen. And I was reading in the one, some of the papers today that early investigations are indicating that the suspect in the knife attack has had, had absolutely no link to the school. And one line in the investigation is that he may have suffered some kind of, as, of a psychotic uh, episode. I mean, there's no terrorist association with it. That's no terrorism motive. That has all been ruled out. And it isn't anything to do with that there was a family dispute and that there's some links to the school. He doesn't. It looks like it was some kind of a uh, psychotic um, episode. And OK, people are saying it jumped straight away on the bandwagon, particularly the very far right and the fascist groups. They straight away started saying this was an un- undocumented man. He's not an undocumented man. He's Well, he wasn't born in this country. He has been here for the last uh, 20 years. And this thing of everybody saying it's all the undocumented documented men and we've got to get rid of all the undocumented men and while I absolutely accept it can be very nerve nervous for people when groups of men move into an area and there is this theory that they're all undocumented. Remember they're not all arriving undocumented yes some of them do arrive undocumented and I think that's an issue that has to be dealt with at uh, border uh, controls but you can't just because what happened in Dublin happens was from somebody outside. It could easily have been an Irish person having a psychotic uh, episode. We can't straight away turn that into, let's start bashing the migrants uh, again. And of course, by doing that, then you fuel what happened in Dublin yesterday. I mean, those youths that were out looting the shoe shop going not for their Nike runners and looting arnets for their tracksuits and, and whatever. They have nothing. They know nothing about immigration or migration or undocumented. They were just out to cause trouble and nothing else. And that's why you've got to be very, very careful with the far right and what the far right is fueling, especially when you talk about organising protests, because they can very quickly as what happens in Dublin, start out as something peaceful. But then when you get that element of thuggery moving in and people who just want free stuff, that's when you're into uh, looting and then businesses and other people can get uh, injured as well. OK, thank you for your text, uh, James. Also coming in, oh my God, what a carry on in Dublin. I think it was all about robbing and doing as much damage as possible. Pure thugs. They weren't worried about those badly injured little children yesterday. My friend's son is a guard. He's based in Mount Joy Station and he was actually on duty last night. I'm sure my friend didn't sleep a wink. She would have been sick with worry. He's the finest young man you would ever meet. He's from Ballymakira. God bless him for his uh, work. Patricia Dublin is constantly being advertised on the TV as being magical for Christmas and there's ads running encouraging people to come to Dublin and joining the fun and the magic. How would anyone feel safe uh, when what went on there yesterday? And also we hear about drug seizures, riots, troublemaking, morning, noon and night. It's something that seems to be happening in the city every day of the week. Tim Imado says, Patricia, not a bit surprised about the thuggery and the hooliganism in Dublin. It will only get worse until we start getting thought tough with these scumbags. Our laws are simply too liberal. We're too soft on them. We put them into jail. Uh, When we put them into jail, full 
terms, jail terms should be served. Our laws are too sto- soft uh, they, and they know that. Wake Up Ireland, arm the members of Angarda Shikona and arm them prop- properly. This will be the norm if we don't start getting tough with these scumbags and that is from uh, Tim in uh, Mallow and then there was a lot of WhatsApps in just let me give you a flavour of those and says Patricia disgraceful what happened in Dublin last night why wasn't the army called in and all the malicious damage that was done it's all of us ultimately who will end up paying we'll end up paying for through our taxes or being charged more in insurance premiums those thugs who were attacking the Gardaí they should be severely punished. Hi Patricia, the riots and last night's chaos in Dublin was perpetrated by Irish citizens who felt justified in attacking and objecting to immigrants in this country. Instead of being grateful that nobody else was injured due to the prompt heroic actions of an immigrant, the thugs chose to look the other way, destroying their own city. They have gained nothing but disdain and shock from the nation and indeed the whole world. I wonder if all the hundreds of Irish immigrants who are, and thousands who are based all over the world, are they going to suffer the same xenophobia in their, in their now new countries? Social media propaganda inciting violence plays into the hands of evil and it doesn't bode well for our future. It's sad that as a nation we cannot start to embrace diversity so we can all live in peace. Hi Patricia, a million thanks to our Gardaí Fire Ambulance and all the others who helped yesterday's deadly attack on human life in our capital. Now before all the shouting and screaming this morning that foreigners are wrecking our country and burning Dublin, there was multiple reports yesterday that it was foreign doctors and nurses who rushed out from local hospitals to help save those poor children yesterday. And now it's the Irish Patriots who are currently burning our capital. This was organised well early in the evening on social media and it was organised by elements of the far right in an ad hoc way where messages were being shared in all directions of what and where to go. These groups, their activities were blown up by social media, were picked up almost immediately by Garda Intelligence who then took action but uh, who were dealing with small groups of people that were moving around the city and using technology to muster, muster strength and get people involved. Social media companies have a lot to answer for here. Last night's actions were organised, controlled and directed by people on these platforms. These companies have a responsibility. This is criminality turbocharged by a radical political ideology aided and abetted by social media. Furthermore, the rhetoric we see going on inside in the doll chamber, the shouting down of ministers is only a boost to the reckless of what is happening outside. We should lead from inside out. Our thoughts and prayers with all those issued, all those injured and may we wish them all a speedy recovery. And a Kerry listener says, Patricia, what happened in Dublin was appalling and I'm glad I actually live in the countryside. What good is bringing those thugs to justice? Guess what? They'll all get free legal aid. They'll have nothing to lose and they'll literally be out the next day. I have the greatest sympathy for the Gardaí, particularly that poor chap that was so violently assaulted, says a Kerry listener. And someone else was saying, watching the scumbags last night, 
said, do you think those scumbags will get double pay next week? They'll be getting their Christmas bonus. Tim says the scenes in Dublin yesterday evening were horrendous. The army should be deployed. Those responsible for the violence eliminated. They only use the situation to vandalise and loot and cause as much disruption as possible. Demonstrations should be banned, says Tim. God, would, would, would you go that far? As they, as what they do is they attract a certain unruly uh, element. And then Jim wants to point out, Jim says, I heard it was a Deliveroo cyclist, a foreigner, um, who was the one who went up and stopped the attacker from stabbing more children between him and the crash worker and the lady who was at the court across the road for the Stardust uh, hearing that's going on. They all managed to stop uh, him. The guards actually took the helmet from the Deliveroo cyclist for evidence and I heard says Jim that he was going around looking for another helmet so he could get back to work so fair play to him and the far right would want to think of this foreigner who acted as a hero yeah he's a Deliveroo cyclist from Brazil and uh, he literally when he saw what was going on jumped off his bike and he took off his helmet and he used the helmet as a kind of a, a weapon uh, to knock the man to the uh, to the ground so he was very very brave indeed yeah and you don't hear when the far right are saying get the immigrants out they're not talking about that Brazilian worker who managed to save uh, children ultimately at the end of the day. Okay, let me bring one final one. This government has allowed the army of scumbags to build up over the years. Hundreds of idle men with nothing to do. This is a failure of our welfare state. Never has there been so many jobs yet. Look at how many people are still on welfare. Now, I'm not talking about people on short term. I'm talking about the long term unemployed um, because welfare should be designed for short term. It should never be designed for long term. We have career welfare people. I think we should cut them off. They can't take from the state and then only to act like that. The cost of those buses, the cost of the the Lewis that was burnt out, the damage that's been done to the Lewis line, overhead wires, they will take weeks to fix. To use those poor children as an excuse and some of them claiming they were out defending Ireland, this is our capital, the capital we love, they don't. Jail, jail, jail. Those scumbags are living for free and fearless. It's time to change all that. Okay, just a sample of how angry people are about what unfolded in Dublin last night. 0818 103 103. John Paul's taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. C103 Jobs. Jones Agri Limited. They're based in Ballydesmond. They've got a vacancy for a yard slash store person. Experience of driving a forklift or teleporter would be an advantage. You can contact Matthew at 87 Mitchestown Community have a number of vacancies on their CE schemes for caretakers, retail assistants, cleaners and receptionists. It's at various locations in and around the Mitchestown area. Now, if you qualify for community employment, can you please contact Kathleen Johnson on 87 Finbar Galvin Motors in Bandon. They've got a vacancy for a service advisor. Cover letter and CVs, please, to Anthony at finbargalvin.ie. And General Labour wanted immediate, for an immediate start in the North Cork area. You need to be over 25 
I need to have a full clean driver's license. 087 7566524. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Cork today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. Some welcome news this week for long-term carers with the Social Protection Ministry. Minister Heather Humphreys bringing forward legislation to provide pensions for people who've been caring for a disabled member of their family for more than 20 years. To outline more, I'm joined by Catherine Cox of uh, Family Carers Ireland. Good morning to you, Catherine. Good morning, Patricia. And you're always welcome to the programme. Now, in many cases, what, what we're talking about here is is women, isn't it? These, these were mothers who perhaps gave up their jobs to look after a, a disabled child. Isn't that the case? It's mainly women we're talking about here. It is indeed, yeah. And so for for decades, uh, these women, family carers, they've been either denied a state contributory pension or else they get a reduced pension as a direct consequence of their years caring. So, in fact, they were penalised rather than recognised for these years caring. So it's something that Family Cares Ireland, we have lobbied for over 20 years for that to be corrected. And so we are, we, we hugely, huge welcome for this um, uh, progression. Um, and from the 1st of January now, carers, anyone who's caring 20 years or more, so it's long term family carers, their years of caring will be treated as uh, contributions t- towards their state pension. So it will be like they have worked uh, and have PRSI contributions for those 20 years or more. And I think it's important. To- How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Say with the 20 years, the reason it's 20 years or more is because under 20 years, the current system accommodates that. But it was those carers who are out of uh, work for 20 years or more were the ones that were being penalised. So this is really positive piece of uh, legislation coming in. Um, and as I say, we commend the minister because this is something we've looked for for years. She's the first minister um, that has taken on this issue. Um, and so it is. it was a good day for, for family carers, for Family Cares Ireland. Um, to hear that this is now progressing and as of the 1st of January um, it will um, be in place. take those uh, years uh, caring in, exactly. So will you be encouraging people then to apply from the 1st of January? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, we're encouraging them to go on and register now because they set up a register already from September. So basically, we encourage every family carer, and even if you're caring one year, five years, 10 years, go on and register so that by the time you get to pension age, those years have been registered. So they need to go to um, mywelfare.ie, which is the the welfare uh, social protection um, website. So mywelfare.ie, and then they will see a box that says pensions and older people. So they need to click on that one for pensions. And then they'll see another box that says caring periods. They click on that and that brings them into the register where they've registered their name, the details of the person they're caring for um, and the time they've been caring. And I think it's important to say here that it is a robust system. However, it is not over owners. It's not saying, you know, it's not looking for a GP or consultants records and proof. It is people at their word that they have been caring. In many cases, the person they're caring for will maybe have a disability Absolutely. payment, which then it, the department... Yeah, yeah, it'll be very, it'll be very yes. easy for them to check. They won't need... It will. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to be overburdened. It's not which going to be overburdened on family carers. This is a positive. It's about recognising those years. Um, and as I said, it's something that we have battled for years for. Um, so it is positive. And a number of those, Catherine, this will be the first time they've really been recognised as a carer because many of them would uh, perhaps never have received a carer's allowance. Absolutely. And again, I suppose this brings us back to the the means testing for carer's allowance payment and the fact that it doesn't only look at the means of the person, the carer who's applying. It also takes into account their partner, uh, their spouse, which we have consistently said is so unfair. So whilst we welcome this and this is hugely progressive, we absolutely need to see the means test for the carer's allowance abolished. And the minister has promised um, to conduct a full review um, with a view to reforming means testing for carers allowance. So we welcome that. We want that to happen as a matter of urgency because only one in five family carers get the carers allowance because uh, may, partly because of that means testing. And so thousands of carers out there, as you said, they're caring 24-7 without any payment, without any recognition. So at least this pension, when they get to pension age, it will be recognised. And for carers, by the way, who are now at maybe age 70, 75 and weren't getting that uh, pension, they are now eligible. So they should also go on. They should register straight away. Everybody, a carer, regardless of how long, should register so that then those years are taken into account for their pension contribution. Yeah, I was I, I was reading a story uh, during the week on uh, one of the papers. It was about um, a man who's only in, in his late 40s. He's got um, 
Friedrich's ataxia so he's, he's quite disabled and, and needs a lot of care mm. and uh, he was talking about he's ended up in a nursing home he's 49 he's living in a nursing home with a lot of dementia patients and it's just really really sad but the backstory was his elderly mother um, uh, who looked after him all of her life. Alice was the mother's name. She mm-hmm. passed away in March. She was uh, 79 and she had nursed her son all of his life, looked mm. after him at home and then she sadly became unwell and she had to go into hospital so the, this this man, Eric, ended up having to go into a nursing home and he was making the point that his mother never knew how deeply unhappy he was in the nursing home and he didn't tell her because he knew how unwell she was and then she passed away in March and now he's and it just struck me that there's if, if she wasn't the essence of a family carer, she dedicated her whole life to look after her son. She had another son who had the Mm -hmm. same condition who died uh, earlier and I just thought God you know she needed a lot of help before she passed away and it's it's just not there for for, for people like Uh her Absolutely. And the fact that then her son, I mean, how inappropriate is it that a man in his 40s should end up in a nursing home? And that brings us back to the point that there is no planning for future residential care for people with disabilities. And the biggest fear for most family carers out there, particularly if they're caring for a daughter or a son, what happens when I'm gone? And that's what happens, unfortunately, is uh, they go into emergency care, whether it's hospital or it's completely inappropriate residential care. So, uh, in fact, we're, we're launching a scorecard um, on the 7th of December where we're scoring government on their progress to date against what they said they would do in their programme for government. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were 18 commitments that they made in that programme for government, which directly impact on family carers. We're scoring them against each of those. And unfortunately, the one around residential care, planning for future care, they have gone backwards, you know, rather than progressed. Um, Now, the pension one, thankfully, has gone forward. But look, there there are so many things, particularly on the health side of things and the lack of supports, the lack of home help. And that's partly due to staffing crisis in, you know, home care. But it's also due to the fact that we, we are not planning for future care. We're not supporting families, you know, accessing vital therapies for their children at an early age. So we're storing up hurt and cost for the future because, you know, denying people early intervention means they'll never reach their full potential, but they require far more care and supports as they age. And the same with older people by not giving them that early support, whether it's physio, occupational therapy, we're just, you know, we're storing up hurt. We're storing up hurt for the family, for the person, but also for our, our state and our coppers, you know, because it's going to cost far more. So we, we need to move away from crisis interventions and we need to start looking at planning for our care in this country and planning for supports for family carers. They save our state 20 billion euro every year. Yet, you know, it's almost like they're, they're part of the problem rather than they are absolutely the solution. Solution. They're keeping people out of hospital. They're, you know, supporting people to live at home where they want to be. Um, yet they're this invisible army who are not adequately supported at all. Well, here's somebody when we're on the pension issue says, my friend's daughter sadly passed away last year. My friend had cared for her daughter for a full 25 years before she passed away. Would she be entitled to register? 
She would, yeah, if, if she's still, so if she cared 20 years or more, she should absolutely go on there and register because those years are treated when, towards yeah. uh, her when pension. She, her, when she gets to, when she gets to pension. pension. Somebody else is talking about, and, yes. I, and I did hear this when you're talking about the means test. This was the, the woman that was on uh, Liveline uh, during the week yes. who applied. She's a full-time carer. She was means tested. I mean, my jaw dropped when I heard that somebody issued her mm-hmm. a letter from the department saying she's entitled to six euro a week. I, I heard it. Um, and again, oh, look, I mean, this goes back to carers allowance should not be means tested. If somebody is providing full time care for a loved one, they should absolutely be, you know, adequately supported to do that. And at a very minimum, like Carers Lens at the moment is 248 euro with the recent increase. The pub payment was set at 350. You know, the artist payment was 325. Recognising people cannot live on less than that. Yet family carers are expected to work full time and then only one in five of them get the carers allowance and that is because of that means testing. It should never be means tested. It should be based on the needs of the person and the care provided. So that's why it is so crucial that we eliminate, get rid of that means testing and make it make needs. it based on the care yeah. provided. Make it needs tested rather absolutely, than means tested. Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, we're we're actually meeting the minister on Monday. Um, she's coming to an event we have in Dublin, and it's one of the things that we will absolutely be bringing to her that it has never been a better time, the right time to look at this and to really address this. And imagine being the minister that that's your legacy, that you abolish that means test, that you really, and she has stood up for family cares. This pension is a sign of that. She's increased income disregards that weren't increased in over 14 years. So we know there's a will there. So we will really be, you know, asking her to seriously look at reforming it. It should be a payment. We call it a participation income based on the work done. So pay carers for the work that they're doing, support them, you know, to care for their loved ones. It's in everybody's interest that they continue to provide these levels of care, but they cannot do it on their own and they shouldn't have to do it on their own. No one should have to care alone. And that's actually our own tagline. So look, we we need to see the state step in, support family carers. And we have a referendum coming up probably in March next year, Mm. which actually is looking at Article 41.2 and amending that to actually recognise care in the home and adequately support it. So, you know, that's a positive move again. But look, we need action. We need it now. We need the means test abolished. We need carers supported. They need to be able to access supports in their community when they need them and appropriate supports, residential care, planning for the future, transition when children go from, you know, primary, when they reach 18, beyond 18, none of that is in place. Proper plan. And we have to see that. All right. Listen, uh, Catherine, it's always a pleasure as always. Thank you for that and thanks for joining us on the programme. Thanks so okay. much, Patricia. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. That is uh, Catherine Cox of uh, Family Carers Ireland. And we're stronger when together. Ours to Protect, brought to you by C103, the IBI and funded by the Commission Naman with the television licence fee. Check out ours to protect.ie for more info. This week on Ours to Protect, we speak to a local business group encouraging the public to turn Black Friday green by shopping locally. 
as the nation prepares to splurge around €26 million Euro online this Friday. Ireland's support local campaigners Champion Green are reminding shoppers of the wisdom of making it a Green Friday. New research revealed that four in ten online shoppers intend to complete their Christmas gifts and non-food shopping over this weekend. Consumers in Ireland will spend about €5 billion Euro this Christmas, so keeping a decent proportion of this huge spend within the local economy will create wealth here rather than supporting economies further afield, Evelyn Moynihan of Champion Green says. Yeah, so um, this week is one of the biggest shopping weeks um, of the calendar, as you described, um, and over 100 million will be spent online this week um, on the run-up to Black Friday. And our mission with Champion Green is to encourage all customers out there to spend more money uh, with local businesses and local communities around the country. 40% of all people we researched, whether they're online or bricks and mortar, are saying that they're going to do their non-food Christmas gifting um, on the run-up to this weekend. So that that's huge. Um, so it's a huge opportunity for small businesses all over the county and all over the country. I suppose for customers, there's a huge benefit in, in shopping locally. They'll know a lot of the businesses going online. They can trust the service from a lot of businesses, the delivery time, um, the research told us is a real benefit that uh, the gifts and the products get out quicker. Um, and um, customers are really, I suppose, enjoying that kind of benefit of shopping local. Obviously, for the businesses, um, they've had a very challenging time. Um, a lot of small businesses make a lot of their profit in these weeks on the run-up to Christmas, so it's really critical that we get out and support small businesses if we don't get out and support them, we're in danger of losing them. There's another very challenging year facing small business with more cost increases uh, coming at small business. So it's really important now that every customer out there thinks about what more shopping they can do with their local business on the run-up to Christmas. And if everybody bought one extra gift in every household with a local business, it would be a massive boost to the local economy. The attractive Black Friday discounts make it hard to look away, which leads to impulsive buying, which then oftentimes leads to buying things people don't actually need. This then results in waste and unnecessary CO2 emissions, which is not good for the planet. An online shopping study conducted by Deloitte found shopping online leads to five times more returned products, which considerably increases the environmental impact. An extensive literature search performed for the study shows approximately 40% of online purchases are returned versus 7% for others. For every euro spent in a local community, it circulates another €2.50. So it's kind of a good way to think about that circular economy um, and keeping, I suppose, uh, money and investment in local communities and protecting local jobs. I think that's another kind of really good way of thinking about the positive change you can have by buying one extra gift in a local business this year uh, versus your, your current plan. Each of us can really make a difference here. The Black Friday event has nearly become a month-long campaign now it's no longer just about the day or the weekend and there's amazing bargains and deals to be had all over the country in small businesses in in every county and um, like Champion Green and Green Friday we're working with small businesses to encourage them to put their best foot forward to get their best bargains and their best deals out now 
Those who go shopping for a day buy an average 3.5 products per trip and visit many different independent shops along the way. This is referred to as trip chaining, which lowers emissions for each trip because you're allocating transportation to multiple purposes. Shopping online creates five times more emissions from packaging for online orders compared with the plastic or paper bags that you'd bring home from a shop. It's hugely important for a small business to get that support from the local community like we talk a lot um, about that moment when a customer comes through the door and purchases a local piece of art or purchases um, a gift voucher in a local beautician. Like that literally is creating a happy dance with that team and that owner. Um, so it's really, really important um, that Irish customers are out there backing small business and they're, I suppose, igniting that happy dance all over the country. Um, it is so important to small business now that they have a good Christmas um, and that they can build up their cash for the year ahead, which is going to be tough. And as I said, again, it's, it's, it's very simple. If we don't come out and support small business, we're in danger of losing them. And small businesses, again, are the ones that will sponsor the local camogie or soccer team Small business is the place where lots of us got our first um, part-time job and, and leg, on the, uh, leg on the ladder. So it's really critical for vibrant community, communities that we, come out, that we come out and we support small business over the coming days and coming weeks on the run-up to Christmas. To learn more about Shopping Green this Black Friday, visit Champion Green online or check the show notes of this episode. to protect brought to you by C103 the IBI and funded by the Commission Naman with the television license fee check out ours to protect.ie for more info Okay, we have another winner for our free Panto Friday, which is running right across today in association with the gang at the Everyman for glamour and gag, song and dance, music and mayhem. That's what's promised at Cork's traditional Panto in this year. So wonderful Beauty and the Beast and it's running until the 14th of January. But we've got family passes to get you to see Beauty and the Beast at the Everyman on Wednesday, the 13th of December. And we want you there nice and early because we're kicking it off with a VIP reception at 6 all day today family passes for four people to go and see Beauty and Beast at the Everyman and our winner for the previous hour is Michelle Kelly in Carrigaline. congratulations Michelle Kelly in Carrigaline. I have another family pass to give away which I'll do at some stage this hour so stay tuned and please don't text or WhatsApp until I tell you or you won't be into the uh, draw but we do have another one to give away and then Nick will do it again and Martina later on this afternoon Okay, let me catch up with a lot of your calls and commentary uh, coming uh, in. Mick and Mallow was a bit worried with everything that went on in Dublin last night. He's a bit worried about the Gaza protests that are planned. There's many of them. There's some planned for today. There's some planned across this weekend. And he's particularly, he's in Mallow. So it's the one in Mallow he has concerns about. And he's wondering, do we need to call off all these uh, protests because you're fearful of the wrong element getting involved, people getting involved in these protests for the wrong reason? And Mick says certainly all of the protests which are happening this weekend calling for peace in Gaza uh, they don't want any trouble and hopefully it will not be infiltrated by uh, troublemakers. I haven't heard make of any of them being cancelled but it does give me uh, a, a chance to mention ones that we do know is going ahead. You're right there is one happening in um, Mallow. It's happening at the Plaza in Mallow on Monday. The Inclana Kilty 
Clonakilty for Gaza. They're hosting a candlelit rally in solidarity with the people of Gaza. That's happening tomorrow, Saturday, five o'clock in Clonakilty's Asna Square. And they, the organisers say the rally will call on the Irish government to step up its uh, efforts in international forms to bring about a ceasefire. And they're asking people to come along. And it is a candlelit rally that's in Clonakilty tomorrow, uh, Saturday. And let me just stay on a Christmas theme for a moment because in Mallow today, Keep a lookout for the Grinch. <laughs> Mallow Chamber of Commerce have been on to me early this morning to say the Grinch is running riot around Mallow today and they've set up a Grinch hotline. If you spot the Grinch running around Mallow, will you please ring them because they don't want the Grinch to ruin Christmas in Mallow. 89 If you spot the Grinch in uh, Mallow and that's ahead of an event that's happening this evening for the switching on of the Christmas lights in Mallow. There is a change of venue this year in that it's going to be held outside St Mary's Church in uh, Mallow. Activities will be starting in the town from four. The storytelling in the library between four and five and the main switching on of the lights in Mallow is at six o'clock this evening. Good luck to everybody there. And if you're in Clonakilty on Sunday uh, pop along because they are having the official switch on of the Clonakilty lights. These are brand new lights that local business and the community have gotten together to uh, fund and the official turning on of the lights will take place Sunday afternoon. Uh, have I time? Yes, Sunday afternoon in Clam. It starts with the Clonakilty Brass Band at four, followed by the arrival of the man himself, Santa Claus, and the fantastic Kilmeen Elf Parade will make its way through the town of Clan at half past five for the official turning on of the lights. That's on uh, Sunday. And somebody was on to us in Mallow looking to buy a Christmas tree. They wanted up in time for the toy show tonight. Well, I can tell you when you were, they want to buy because it's nothing like the smell of a real Christmas tree, uh, is there? Well, um, the the usual every year in Clonic, in Mallow Town, Sheehan's Green Grocers, as it was, but sadly no longer with us. They were always selling uh, Christmas trees. Well, they've kept up that tradition and uh, they are selling Christmas trees in uh, Carmichael Lane in uh, Mallow. And as always, they have really great high quality uh, Christmas trees. So if you're in the Mallow area, Carmichael uh, Lane in Mallow, where Sheehan's Green Grocers used to be. Yes, they are selling the Christmas trees uh, again this year. 0818103103. Some of your texts coming in. This is just kind of tied in with antisocial behaviour and what happened in Dublin last night. A West Cork listener says, Trish, hope this message finds you well. I was in the city during the week and I was on North Main Street. I'm standing outside a cafe where an Irish gentleman started shouting and roaring at another Irish man because he just seemed to take a dislike to him. The people that were around were telling him to behave himself and calm down and eventually he did and he, he walked away. I then walked on to Patrick Street and I couldn't believe how run down the street has become. It appeared dirty. There was too many empty buildings, lots of graffiti. Cork City, I felt, was just not safe. Has it gone as bad as Dublin? I don't know how we can get tourists into our country with all of these scenes that we are uh, witnessing and that's from a West Cork listener making the point that antisocial behaviour is not just happening in Dublin. Hi Patricia, more than likely all those thugs and scumbags that we saw on social media and on news bulletins last night, they'll all be before the courts in Dublin today and guess what, every one of them will get free legal aid why? Because they're out to be collecting their social welfare at the same time those criminals need to pay for their crimes and also pay for their own solicitors we only discussed that on the programme was it last week, the week before I called to look at how we give out free legal aid and 
the thought pattern was for repeat offenders that they would eventually have to end up uh, paying. But you're right, if, there are, if they are on social welfare or on low means, they will get uh, free legal aid. Hi Patricia, what happened in Dublin yesterday was absolutely appalling with that stabbing incident at the school at about half past uh, one. And look, let's call a spade a spade. Anybody can have uh, a psychotic moment and that's the sad reality. But what happened last night following that episode was truly uh, shocking. And I bet you, while people are calling it all out and blaming everything on immigration, I bet you they were all our own Irish. We shouldn't forget that our ancestors, we were the undocumented migrants for many, many years in America. And can I stop and say we still are? There's about 50,000 undocumented Irish working in America. But anyway, uh, we also went to countries like England and other countries. And there are plenty of our children today living all over the world. We wouldn't like to see them treated the way some people are being treated coming into our country and many of them are coming simply for survival. We should be ashamed of ourselves. It's our own people we need to be looking looking at, not the migrants. Look at the parents that raised those gurriers that were on the streets of our capital city last night. They couldn't have had much guidance growing up. If they got a decent upbringing, they wouldn't have been doing what they were doing uh, last night. And of course, if they had to go out and work for a living, they certainly wouldn't have been doing what they were doing last Last night they'd have been home tucked up in their beds getting ready to go to work uh, today but not the case for many of them says a texter. John says Patricia what happened in Dublin last night was appalling. Many people have problems with illegal immigrants who the state cannot deport. It's very unfair to lump in people who are anti-immigration with the hard right. The government has lost control of our immigration uh, system says John but the problem is the hard right have infiltrated those people who have concerns about immigration and that's what's fueling a lot of the anger that you see and when you see those protests and when you see Gardaí being uh, attacked. Angela says, any chance that the thugs in Dublin could be deported to somewhere else? Shocking, disgusting behaviour. Please God, all the victims will be okay. And then when somebody mentioned that it was an immigrant who rushed to help that creche worker and very definitely saved the lives of other children was a Brazilian man. He was a delivery driver. God help him. He got off his bike and took his helmet off and used that as a weapon against the guy with the knife. Somebody says, OK, all well and good. That Brazilian man did save the day yesterday, but he is a working man. And yes, he is a foreigner, but he's here and he's contributing to our society. He's not freeloading like the busloads that arrive every day with no documentation documentation, shame on the government. Okay, and again, just to try and put a sense of balance, not everybody that's arriving into this country don't do not have a documentation and when they do come here seeking international protection, they then go into uh, the system and when they arrive they can't work and they can't open a business but if the, if there a decision on their application hasn't been made within five months, which is happening because of the numbers that are arriving, they can then apply for permission to work. And many of them do go on and work. So because certainly those that who, who arrive for international protection, because they go into direct provision and they get so little money. But after five months, they are allowed to work and many of them do go on to work. So they're not all freeloaders. Uh, 0818103103. John Paul's taking your calls. You can text or WhatsApp to 0862103103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council reminding you to support local when choosing gifts this Christmas. 
Just spotted a text in actually from Marion to say Mingo, Mingo, Middleton GAA Bingo is on this evening at half past seven. Great prizes on uh, offer. This Kaylee sets in the Marion Hall in Ballinhasic uh, tonight. Dancing is to Jerry McCarthy from 9.30. Admission 10 euro. It does include teas. Parents Association of Ballygown National School. They've got a table quiz in Hannah's Bar, Scanakilla. That's tonight at half past eight. All are welcome. A festive fundraiser in aid of West Cork Cancer Connect will be held at the Four Olds Bar that's on Sam's Cross uh, this evening. It'll start with a Christmas barbecue cookout. Then there'll be a trad session from 8pm to 10pm followed by Paddy's Boys. Fancy dress, Christmas jumpers, everybody welcome, spot prizes and raffles throughout the night. Fundraising variety concert will be held in the Glen Theatre in Bantier tonight. That starts at 8 o'clock. Proceeds are in aid of the Freeland Project and local volunteer Maureen Buckley from Derry Agree, who's travelling next month to Cape Town in South Africa and it's to work in an area where there is much need helping in schools and rescue centres and your generosity would be much appreciated and it promises to be a night of fun and laughter. Timmy League bingo is on tonight, that's in the community uh, hall. Great prizes to be won and the Mallow branch of the Irish Guide Dogs Association they've got a fundraising coffee morning tomorrow morning from 10am onwards it's in the garden room of the Hibernian Hotel now entrance is from the Bowling Green car park or through the main entrance of the hotel and the 2024 calendars that we mentioned for the Irish Guide Dogs they will be on sale along with their Christmas cards Court today on C103 with Corrigan Insurance's McCroom now part of McCarthy Party Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. This is a very big year for Mill Street Community School. They're celebrating their 50th anniversary. The school's always known to be forward thinking and it's achieved a lot in those 50 years. We sent our reporter, uh, Stephen Fox, we sent him to Mill Street ahead of the big day and he sent us this report. Mill Street Community School will be celebrating their 50th anniversary on the 1st of December. The school's principal, Paul O'Shearchan, and deputy principal, Francis Moynihan, sat down with me to tell me a bit about the school. I'm Paul O'Shearchan. I'm principal here now since 2018. I'm the third principal in the school in 50 years, which uh, I think it tells its own story, really. It's, it's a school that is heavily rooted in the community, as it should be. The two principals before me, were they were ahead of their time in many respects. They were visionaries. Myself and Francis are trying to carry that torch on into the next the next generation and set the foundations for hopefully another 50 years of, of the community school in Mill Street. My name is Francis Moynihan, Deputy Principal, and I have been here since 1999 as Deputy Principal. It's a wonderful school. It's a very mellow school and a very energetic and happy kind of a place. A school can be tough for people at different times, but I suppose we do all in our power to help and to support students as they go through the six years of, the, of schooling. Students have a range of options aside from their studies, especially in music. The choir and drag group will form a big part of the anniversary celebrations. My name is Paula Coakley, I'm a teacher here at Mill Street Community School and I'm taking on board the task of conducting the choir for our 50th anniversary celebration. We formed a choir last year to record our CD, so this is a continuation of that and we've expanded, we're nearly at 50 members now. The CD was on sale locally and we've had great support. So I say thank you for the music. 
name is Carly Han and I'm a Demon's Fair student here in Mystery Community School. For the 50th anniversary of the school, we're after organising kind of a music group as such to play on the night. It's myself and 10 other students, eight of us playing either have been to the school or, and are in the school and with two others from Boer We Comprehensive School playing as well, but they're also past members of Mystery Cultists. So it's just kind of a coming together of past and present members of Mystery Cultists. We hope that everyone will enjoy our performance and do the branch and do the school approach. We've been playing together since we were knee height, I suppose, six, seven years of age. We're, we're all very close together now at this stage, and like we're playing in sessions in Mill Street and up above in County Clare, the Willie Tennessee Week, uh, and it's Charge Fest as well. We're here, they're never playing together. We know, like, we know what tunes we're going to play, how we play them, and all the rest of it. It's just it's great, really. As a community school, we're open to everybody in the community. There are no, we don't pick and choose who, who, who enrolls here. And we like to think we provide a very good education for people that come regardless of their ability. I think everybody here would achieve their potential um, when they leave here and they, they look back and say, yeah, we did a very good job in their time here. So that's one of the things that we are trying to provide going forward. Secondary school happens during a lot of changes in a young person's life and MCS does its best to make the transition for those entering and leaving the school as smooth as possible. I'm Emma O'Mahony. I'm a first-year student at MCS. It's been okay, first of all. A lot of the teachers helped me with that, and everyone's been really nice and helpful, and they've always had my back from the very moment I've stepped into school. I'm Lucia Sullivan, and I'm also a student at Ministry Community School. Like, all the teachers are very nice here, and, like, if you have a question for them, they're going to help you, so... Everybody here is very nice. I've been doing Kamogi since the Wednesday of uh, September Mm -hmm. and it's actually been really fun. We've played a match so far and it went very well and everyone was really helpful, supportive and it was overall very nice to be a member of the school and play on their behalf. I did, I do Kamogi and athletics outside, like with school but not. In school. In yeah, school. in school, okay. that's right. Honest to God, I've had an absolute ball here. Like, I've loved every minute since I came into school in the first day and first year, and I'll be a very sad guy leaving next May. So um, some of my closest friends are in school here, and just the crack we've had is unbelievable. I know school is for learning, like, but there's room for a bit of crack in the place as well, and it's safe to say we've had some crack here, like, just unbelievable. Education is still front and centre, but the school does its best to cater for all its students. We do have people who achieve phenomenal results in the leaving cert. We would have people who regularly come out with, with full points and likewise then you have people who would rather go and do a trade or would rather go straight into work after school and we're equally as, as happy for them. On the day of the results they've done what they needed to do to have their leaving cert and to go out into, into the workplace and into life and contributing. Transition year is front and centre in the school and this year's class have just returned from work experience. My name is Ben Kelleher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in Crown in Cork and we were working with people with disabilities and I enjoyed yeah. it a lot. So. They had me like working with people with the disabilities. We had like them hand doing hand works, people with strokes. They do arm movements and arm exercises just to get them hand more free and stuff like that. Just little exercises like that. I picked it because I was, I was interested to see how people with certain disabilities and mental issues, their thoughts on life and how they go about and do stuff. Just thought it was interesting. I think it was a great experience. I enjoyed it a lot. 
I just thought it was nice to see how people with disabilities kind of do stuff and that they're just people like the rest of us and that they can, and we're all similar. My name is Chiara Malizia and I went to my old school, Dernabry National School. Mm-hmm. I was mostly just helping teachers, preparing homework and being in classes. It was very good. The reason I went to a national school is because I am interested in being a primary school teacher and I thought this would be like a good experience of figuring out how things like went along and how things happened those are things I got a bit like I said last time was like learning how things worked there and even interacting with younger people that I might have known before or new people now um, who are just different in general I was Shane Cronin I was with Cross Refrigeration in Kerry I was just going around in the van like going to shops and if they had a problem with the fridge we'd go in and fix it and I'd help put it together and take it apart and stuff like that Very good How'd you find it? Oh it was good enough yeah Yeah, I liked it I did it because I was interested in doing some sort of a trade when I'm done school mm-hmm. and my brother is doing something like it as well and I thought it would be interesting by his talks of it For him no it would be merely air conditioning but he might end up doing refrigeration soon enough with the company as well I learned a lot about it like I learned different parts of the fridges and I learned like if this is the problem what to do mm. and just things like that really just talking to what to say to people when you're going in as well like so you're not just some random fella taking their fridge apart mm. so yeah. the anniversary will be marked by a party held in the school on the 1st of December and will be hosted by none other than Marty Morrissey can't wait we've so we tried when we started meeting about this time last year actually we were trying to think of something that would be a little bit different and something that would, would mark 50 years and would stand apart. The suggestion was, and it came up, what about Marty Morrissey and we could have a Marty party in the gym and that kind of sounds, and it did sound at the time, was something a bit out there and, but look, if you don't ask, you don't get. We asked and we got and Marty's it's coming happening. down to us, it's happening. <laughs> and I suppose the school will be 50 only once yeah. and so we want to celebrate it and mark it and um, really show its place within this community. And not only that, uh, Neve Kavanagh, who's a great friend of Mill Street and a great friend of the school, Neve is coming as well to, to do a full set and she'll be backed by a choir of 50 students and we have a number of other performers then and the Lenin family, traditional musicians, and Mario Reardon and we have members of Coltus Mill Street then who are very, very strong in the area. A lot of them are in the school, a lot of those musicians are in the school. We have set dancers and the Cullen Ballad Group who have been very successful and have various flags over the, the last number of years so it's shaping up to be fantastic. Ah, what a fantastic report. Thanks to uh, Stephen Fox who went to Mill Street for us and uh, best of luck to everybody at Mill Street Community School. They really are a fantastic uh, school and good luck as they celebrate their 50th anniversary. Talking of schools, I mentioned in the Community Diary that there was to be a table quiz tonight in Hannes Barnes, Ganakilla and I've just had a text and we've just had a call in to say it has been cancelled and they're going to hold it in the new year instead and I'm assuming could that have something to do with the disappearance Association and tonight's the toy show. It's probably not the best night to be holding a table quiz because everybody will be gathered around the TV later on. And as you're talking of the, the toy show, can we just wish Patrick Healy the best of luck? I imagine he is very nervous about the fact of his first toy show. And I know I saw earlier on it was announced the theme for the toy show. I know there's a theme every year, and it is going to be the, um, Buddy the Elf. Uh, and it seems the reason for the, the elf is that it is Patrick Healy's favourite Christmas movie in his house so it's going to be themed around the elf uh, so good luck to Patrick Keelty and no doubt we'll see a lot of children from Cork City and County taking part because we've got very very talented uh, young people who would have been 
who hopefully will have been selected uh, to take part uh, tonight. Now, can I just finish off with talking about what happened in Dublin last night? Just a final couple. There's a really good uh, email in that I want to bring to you, but also Michael uh, sent in a text saying, what happened in Dublin was truly shocking. In the aftermath of this, I sincerely hope that those arrested and if found guilty will receive appropriate sentences for their criminal actions on the streets of the capital. I hope the judges hearing those cases will not be swayed by the usual stories of, ah, oh, should they come from poor and underprivileged backgrounds? Your Honour should God help them. And they will see this for what it is, pure and absolute thuggery and an attempt to undermine our democracy. Hopefully those supporters of extremism in politics will see what they are involved in. That's from Michael. And then just to bring you this email from Joanne, which I think is kind of summing up how a lot of other people are feeling today as well. Patricia, listening to your show this morning and particularly the part where you're discussing what happened in Dublin last night. What happened in Dublin last night uh, was not about the shocking, terrible incidents that saw little children and a creche worker injured. It was about other people. Irish citizens, born and bred, we will probably find out, using and abusing and taking an appalling incident and turning it into an opportunity just to cause trouble. I believe there are two facets to this. First, we've got the far-right protesters with their own political agenda who clearly thought that the stabbing of small children provided a good platform to exercise their views, which could not even have been based on any concrete facts surrounding the attack and the attacker unless these protesters have a special ability to investigate matters at lightning speed and had inside information and unique insights that even the Gardaí didn't have. I wonder if that ability will be so readily volunteered and put to the test now that their protests have incited such violence and mayhem. Where was the respect and the compassion and the thought for the injured children, their teachers and their families when they started their little protest yesterday evening? Where and when and how did these presumably Irish-born protesters demonstrate the Irish way? Where was the morality in what, what they did? They are the antithesis of what it is to be Irish. They showed an appalling lack of judgment, morality and support for the people actually affected by what happened. And on a second point, a large group of troublemaking teenagers and young men, some of whom were probably mobilised by hardline right-wingers, others who simply jumped on the bandwagon, who could not have cared less about the little girl lying in hospital with serious injuries or any of the other victims. Did they even know what had happened yesterday afternoon? What on earth did they have to do with smashing up shop windows and stealing goods? A tragedy occurred yesterday afternoon. No one of sound mind stabs children like that. That and the children and the teachers involved are the most important thing here that needs to be urgently looked at. Nationality, ethnicity, None of that comes into it. Unfortunately, it's been taken over by thugs who contribute nothing to society and do deserve to have the rights thrown in their face of the Gardaí. My thoughts are with particularly that little girl who's still in a critical condition in hospital and all the families of the injured and affected. And that's a very level-headed Joanne uh, emailing Cork today at c103.ie. Thank you for your email. Cork today on C103.
103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. See MIG.ie. Cork today on C103. Uh, my apologies, I'm way over on, on time. The show has just flown by today. I do have another uh, set of Panto tickets to give away. This is a family pass for four people to go see Beauty and the Beast at the Everyman. It's on the 13th of December and there will be a VIP reception at, at 6pm. And if you want to check out tickets to the Everyman, pa- Everyman Panto this year, it's everymancork.com. But you need to text now, please, the word Panto. Allow your name and address if you're free, willing and able. And there's four of you. We'd like to go along to Beauty and the Beast at the Everyman on the 13th of December. Get texting and WhatsApping on that, please. <laughs> Because I don't want to let the show go without talking about this because it's a bit like Marmite. You either love it or you hate it. And for me, I have to say, I'm a huge fan. Uh, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. A Series 23 is on at the moment and our entertainment correspondent, Crossy, uh, joins me. Good afternoon to you, Crossy. Good afternoon. Some light relief now for the rest of the show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Are you are you a fan or not? Of, I'm a celebrity. I am, I am. Do you know what? But you know what the one thing I found different about this year is? Is that I was so maddened to Big Brother when it was on that it was only an hour every night and it was great. I don't know what it is about the hour and a half. And I've been looking at rating figures as well. People are dropping off after the hour nearly every single night. So I think people are now, you know, who love reality TV would have watched Big Brother and were delighted to see that I'm a Celebrity was on two days later. An hour and a half every night is starting to grate on them Mm. and they don't have the attention spans for it. Yeah, and maybe they'll look at that. I mean, I, I was pulling it down to the fact that just there's a lot of characters in there, but maybe as they start kicking people out, the show will shorten, maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's always. I think it's always been an hour and a half. I think for it's. I think just maybe Big Brother has kind of rewrote the rules this season of of you know the length of time for it. But it's entertaining. Like you know, mm. you, you, for the first week now, it's been like did Nigel Farage and I think they've they've kind of healthily and and like kind of prodded poked fun of them the likes of Josie and all that have you know mentioned Brexit and things that probably they probably thought they'd shy away from the way they shied away from it with Matt Hancock last year when he was in it so I, I think they're doing right by showing those bits and all that like it's entertaining it's yeah, entertaining be, be, before, before it started last uh, Sunday night all the talk was about Nigel Farage all the talk was that he was going to be the most hated campmate ever who could have predicted that a YouTuber that I had never heard of before Nella Rose would be more hated than Nigel Farage as the week went on crazy this is crazy. And we played it on our, on our breakfast show up in Dublin here the other day and two of my colleagues don't watch it. And I was like, you don't need to watch this. Listen to the clip and listen to how mad this was. So for anyone who, who's not watching it at the minute, this YouTuber spoke to Fred Syriax, who is the lovely first dates man. And he was cooking at the campfire and he had said that he he had referenced something to Nella about his age. He was like, I'm 54 or 52. Um, I am old enough to be your dad. And she flew off the handle 
because she said she told him that her dad had passed away a few years ago. It made no sense. And the more I've watched that clip and listened to it a few times now. And the more times that I listened to it, I'm like, maybe she shouldn't be in the jungle. I was like, there's something seriously wrong that you fly off the handle over something. So, you know, a passing word. A very innocent comment that we've all used at some stage. And then I even thought, I even thought her interaction with Nigel Farage when she wouldn't even listen to him. She wouldn't even let him put his point of view across. And I don't know, is it she's only 24? Is it a generational thing? Is it, I, I just, I don't understand where this girl is coming from. There is, there is this, I, I see it, you know, Jesus, I've been doing this a long time now. I've <laughs> seen the type of new age of presenting and influencing and all that, where there are certain characters that are like that and they, it's their way or the highway. It's kind of like, what do people call it now? Opinion, opinions, you know, where it's their way, you know, they're going to give your opinion, their opinion. And that's the opinion that we're going with. And I kind of felt it with her. I was like, maybe it's an act. I thought the first night now when she was a bit shouty and screamy, uh, screaming, I was like, you know, what? I think we're all going to like her by the end of it. And then when this happened this week, I was like, she's so young. Surely to God, ITV should have t- taken her to a side and went, you're after flying off the handle here. We're not going to show it on TV. We're going to keep it on the down low, but try and relax. But they didn't. They showed no, it. No. And she got vitriol. Yeah. And I would be, I would worry, I would worry for her when she comes back unless yeah. she can, unless she can, unless she can turn it around. Okay. Uh, favorites at the moment for me is Josie Gibson. For you? Ah, God, isn't she great? Isn't, do you know what? She's someone that looks, and I, I did a red carpet. It was the Elvis red carpet when it, when it came out. And there was a girl, four presenters up for me, and she'd broken her microphone or something. And Josie missed a massive interview by trying to help the girl to fix her microphone. And I remember oh. standing beside a person because she was beside her. And I remember going, that shows the mark of somebody. That shows the mark of how she's normal and nice. And you can you can see it coming through when she's on I'm a Celebrity. And she I, love, looks nice. I love her accent. I could listen to her all day <laughs> yeah. long. Now, poor, poor Jamie Lynn Spears. I was at the beginning of the week was thinking, are we going to see another one of the Spears family have a breakdown, uh, you know, in front of everybody? She's really struggled, but she seems to have pulled it back a little bit. She won a couple of stars here tonight, 10 stars. And I think this has done her really well. And she was talking about her sister this week, which is kind of mad, you know, that you have soap stars and you have reality stars. And then you got Britney Spears' sister in the jungle <laughs> talking about Britney Spears. You're kind of going, this this doesn't really happen. This shouldn't work, but somehow it does work. Um, I, do, I, I think the, I, I don't know if the opinion or the public are going to change their opinion of her, but I think they're going to give her a bit more time. I think her doing a task and her, you know, chatting normally and giving the tea about about stuff that's been going on will make the public more inquisitive about her you know about how she grew up what was it like for her um, so yeah no I'm very interested to hear more about her I think uh, there's two two new campmates came in last night or the night before last Tony Bellew the boxer and then Frankie Dettori as well and there was a lovely little exchange as well between Frankie and Jamie Lynn Spears, if you would have saw on the river yeah. where he, Frankie was talking about when he retired and then he realised he didn't want to retire. That was kind of nice because that kind of brought Jamie Lynn, not people asking her about her. It was her being inquisitive about someone else because I kind of felt she was a bit self-centred until she kind of, you know, started opening up 
and kind of talking to people mm. because she wasn't really doing that at the start. She was and, like she, and, and, she, and she looks incredibly like Brittany as well. I keep every now and again going, oh, oh no, it's not Brittany. Uh, she, they, they really look alike. <laughs> okay, listen, we'll leave it there. We'll chat again next week. Enjoy the rest of the week and enjoy the toy show tonight. I know you're a big fan. Yes. Thanks for joining absolutely. us. Bye-bye. Sheila says, I'm sick of Nigel Farage on I'm a Celebrity. He keeps looking at the camera instead of getting on with the experience and his smug big head gets my goat, says Sheila. Not a fan of Nigel Farage. Okay, we have our final winner for the free for our free Panto Friday, which is running all day today. And our final winner is Seamus Ronane in Rena Screener. Seamus Ronane in Rena Screener is our final winner. A family pass. Uh, congratulations, Seamus, to go to Beauty and the Beast, the Everyman, on the 13th of December. Nick will have more of those tickets to give away this afternoon as will Martina. That's where I leave you for today and indeed for this week. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Uh, we'll talk to you on Monday morning at 10 on to then Patricia. Very good afternoon. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.